Welcome to the Haven Youth Church Podcast. We believe that God is awakening a generation to revival, and we hope that this podcast encourages you to know that you are loved and that God wants to do extraordinary things for and through you. Welcome to the family. You know, I was thinking about there's, there's an event in nature called a super bloom. Someone say super bloom. Come on, someone say super bloom. And, and what this is, actually one, uh, one happened, a super bloom happened last March in a desert in California. If you know much about a desert, it's a very dry place, right? And for years, for decades, this desert um, saw no life. There was no vegetation, there was no flowers, there were some cactuses, maybe some snakes and lizards, but mainly just sand. But there was an uncanny, unnatural amount of rainfall that began to uh, uh, rain last March in this desert. And you can check fact me if you go to Instagram. Anybody have Instagram? Hey, man, if you go, nobody has Instagram? I'm looking up. Okay, thank you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You can go and search, not right now, but later. You can go search hashtag Superbloom and see this event that took place. So in this desert, it began to rain and actually flooded the desert out. And for days, it was just water that settled in this desert. But after the rain began to be soaked down in to the desert saying something supernatural happened and tourists began to come to this desert place and and roses and flowers and vegetation in a dry place began to sprout up and people didn't know why why uh, why is this happening we thought that there was no life here we thought that nothing could happen like this but but scientists went in and they began to dig down in the desert sand and they found a little seed and these seeds had went so far down into the ground where they, and, and this uh, particular type of seed could survive years without any water and survive. So it dug itself way down deep into the ground and it stayed there for days. It stayed there for weeks. It stayed there for months. It stayed there for years. And it stayed there for decades. And it waited for the right moment when the rain came. And when that right moment came, that rain became so heavy and it flooded so much that it went way down feet into the ground into a seed that had been dead, a seed that had been there for years. Life began to spring up out of it. You want to know what we've been doing the past four or five days? We've been planting seeds. Somebody say amen in the house tonight. You have come to an altar. You've worshiped. You've prayed. You've asked God to deliver you. We haven't just said we've set apart this time, but we said, God, we know that this is a God moment, that this is a God revival. And can I tell you, I feel like the Lord has come by tonight with some Holy Spirit rain to come and wet your seed that is still yet to grow and sprout under the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me go ahead and speak to Haven and ALT in this church. Pastor Setzer has been here for 40 years. There is 40 years worth of seed in this altar. Pastor Matt, Sister Jessica has been sowing seed now for how long? A long time. 
over a decade, they've been youth pastor. Guess what? There's over a decade worth of seed in this altar. Can I tell you the next new thing that God wants to do right here on a Thursday night? He wants to send such a rain in the house to reach way down to seeds that have been planted a decade ago, 40 years ago to receive. Come on, if you believe it, stretch forth your hand and say, God, it doesn't matter how far that seed is. Send your rain and touch that seed in my life. Come on, somebody lift up one hand and say, God, touch the seed in me. Touch the seed in these altars. Let the Holy Ghost fall, God. Let the reign of God. God, will go back seven times until your glory, until your power, until your spirit falls in a soup. Come on, somebody call on the rain. Come on, somebody call on the rain for a moment. Hallelujah. God doesn't matter how far it's dug deep into the ground. God, you're flooding this altar tonight. You're flooding this room tonight with power, with glory, with anointing. And we call forth those things. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Come on, somebody needs to just take another second and say, God, rain on me. Rain on my seed that I've sown. Rain on what I need you to do, Lord. God, I know it's night four, but the rains are increasing. The flood waters are rising. And as the flood waters rise, the water can go deeper down into the ground and touch those seeds. God, we pray you do it tonight. Oh, we pray you do it tonight, Father. Oh, hallelujah. We don't give up on the, listen, listen, listen to me. The Lord says your seed's not dead. The prayers you have prayed are still going forth. The word of the Lord will not return void. What he spoke, what he promised will come to pass in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The gospel of Luke chapter 5. The gospel of Luke chapter 5. Man, he is here. Is anybody tired tonight or is anybody ready to hear the word of the Lord? Hallelujah. I got some. I'll preach to you tonight. Amen. The Gospel of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5. Such an honor to be here. Thankful for the, the moving of the Holy Spirit. Thankful to have Chucky here. Does anybody love Chucky tonight? The Gospel of, the gospel of Luke, chapter 5. If we could stand for the reading of the Word of God when you get there just real fast. Hallelujah. No, I have God's heart tonight. I don't say that lightly. I don't just have a youth message tonight. I just don't have a more advanced message, I guess you could say, for older people. No, there's a word for every person here. I want you to open up your heart. I'm not afraid to say it, amen. But the Lord has a word for you. The Gospel of Luke chapter 5, verses 36 through 39. The Gospel of Luke chapter 5. Verses 36 through 39. The Bible says this, the words of Christ right here. And Jesus spake also a parable unto them. No man putteth a piece of new garment upon an old. If otherwise, then both the new maketh the rent, and the piece that was taken out of the new agreeeth not with the old. And no man putteth new wine. Somebody say new wine. And no man putteth new wine into old, in, to old bottles, 
Else the new wine, somebody say the new wine, will burst the bottles and be spilled and the bottles shall perish. But new wine must be put into new bottles and both are preserved. No man also having drunk old wine straightway desireth new for he saith the old is better. I want to preach for a moment tonight as we continue with what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking in this house on this subject, a new wineskin, a new wineskin. Father, we thank you. Oh, Lord, God, I know I'm just but an ordinary man tonight. Oh, but, Lord, we thank you that you use ordinary people. God, we know that we'll make mistakes. God, we know, God, that there'll be times we fall on our face. But, God, thank you that in our weakness you are made strong. And Lord, we tremble under your anointing, we tremble under your word, and we thank you that something so far above us is in this house, something supernatural is in this house, something, oh Lord, so divine is in this house, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for being that thing, we thank you for being that presence, we thank you for being the one that can meet every need in this house, and we pray that you do it tonight. God, that you would continue to do your work, have your way, flow like a mighty river. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. As you're seated, give him one more great hand clap in the house tonight. (laughs) Hallelujah. Many of us know what happened starting April April 9th, 1906 in Los Angeles, California. At Azusa Street, William Seymour, an African-American preacher, pushed a small group of people to experience a worldwide revival. This revival would continue 10 years and would set the stage for a renewed age of people experiencing the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But what many of us may not know is, is what preceded the birth of this historical revival. In Topeka, Kansas, a man by the name of Charles Parham started Bethel Bible School. Someone say Bethel Bible School. The school's motto was this. I want you to hear me tonight. Their motto was this. We invite all ministers and Christians who are willing to forsake all, sell what they have, give it away, and enter the school for study and prayer, where all of us together might trust God for food, fuel, rent, and clothing. No one paid tuition or board, and they all wanted to be equipped to go to the ends of the earth to preach the gospel of the kingdom as a witness to every nation. Their only textbook was the Bible. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. As they began to search the scriptures, they eventually questioned what they should do with Acts chapter 2. Charles Parham challenges students to search the scriptures for biblical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Clearly, they said, when the baptism of the Holy Spirit was received by the early disciples, they spoke with other tongues. Amen. But shortly after they discovered this, shortly after they found out this was fact, during a three-night prayer meeting, the students began to speak with other tongues. Come on, somebody give God glory for a revival like that. Amen. But I want you to listen closely right here. My question for us, and the reason I tell you this historical event of what we're birthed after is this question right here. What if Bethel Bible School had been satisfied with the experience that they had always known? You hear me tonight? 
What if that group of students during, during that time of fasting and prayer and seeking God to move, what if they would have been satisfied with what they had always known up to this point? They did not know anyone who had experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The churches they went to, the families they grew up in, their fellow Christians had never experienced such a move of God's glory. What if they would have been satisfied with the old way? Somebody say the old way. The old way of how things had always been. They would have always experienced, they, they, they would have never experienced the new. Can I tell you, there's no doubt in my mind that these people were saved, that they were born again, that they saw people come to know the Christ. They had baptized people in water. They, listen, there were pastors, there were people going to the mission field, but they got to a place in their heart where they understood this can't be all that there is to this story. I don't want to talk to some people who have been in revival for three nights now. But can I tell you that God still has more and God is still doing a new thing amongst you and there's still some people in your heart you know that there is more that God is calling you to do, calling this church to do, calling you as an individual to do and God is saying don't settle for mediocre, don't settle for just what you know but dive into the deep, go head first into the water and seek God for what he has promised for your life. Somebody give God glory in the house. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, I'm talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but I'm not limiting the new just to this experience. Can I tell you, God is trying to do a new thing. Settling for, for past, being okay with what everybody else has, desiring the old will make you miss the new of what God is trying to do in this hour. You can't have both. You can't have your old way and God's new way and God's fresh way. But if somebody, listen, uh, in this 2020 year, in this 2020 season, says, God, I thank God for what you did 10 years ago. I thank God for filling me in my life 10 years ago at Barberville Pentecostal Youth Camp. But can I tell you, I can't live in that moment this year. I can't live in this moment this next decade. But I've got to expand myself. I've got to expand my heart. And I want to talk to some people in this room. You have walked, you have walked off of a move of God you've experienced in the last three years and have yet to see what God wants to do new in you. But God says, how about you believe me for more? How about you believe me that I can put power in your hand, in your heart, in your mouth? Come on, if you believe that God can do something new in you, how about you give him aurora praise tonight? I was, I was um, asked to come to a, uh, it's like a, a uh, intercessory group at the beginning of this year. And uh, there was a Kenyan bishop, Pastor Setzer, that was there. And uh, he, he, he's bishop of, of about 400 um, churches in Kenya and Tanzania and different places there. And he began to speak in that Bible study about, about his life. And he talked about coming to America almost, almost 30, 40 years ago. And he talked about, um, I think he moved to Virginia to work on his master's and was uh, 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 pursuing God and pursuing God's plan for his wife. And he talked about how, how 
in in his studies and in his class and in his classes, he met a a young girl. She was a lot younger than him. And and after they both got done with school, they both moved back to to uh, to Africa. They weren't close, but they would keep up with each other as they uh, uh, grew in what God wanted for their lives. And as they grew, he said that that quickly God began to move in his life and he became a bishop and he began to preach the gospel and see souls saved and became overseers of certain churches and as he as he succeeded in his life he said that that this woman that moved over there as well was not doing as well but there came a point in his life where he knew that he did not have the freshness of God's power like he once like he once did so they both were in the same place after years of doing ministry after years of serving God, they said there's something that's got to break on the inside of us. Well, in that moment is when the Toronto Blessing Revival took place. Has anybody heard heard of that before? I want you to raise your hand. It's a revival that broke out in Toronto. And and this bishop said, you know, I was so legalistic and so close-minded at this point of my life, I heard about some weird things going on. And I heard about different things. I was like, I don't agree with that. That's not for me, you know. But this other lady that moved to Africa to do uh, things that was in a dark place said, I know that God is moving there and I hear what he's doing and I know and I know I don't know the grand scheme of it and I may not understand it all. She said, I'm going to go to Toronto and see what God has for me there. And she goes to Toronto. She gets rocked by the Holy Spirit, gets an impartation, gets called to Mozambique, Africa. Her name is Heidi Baker. Has anybody heard of Heidi Baker? She goes, she goes, she goes to Mozambique and begins to plant orphanages after the impartation she received at that Toronto blessing. So she goes there, she starts getting all these little kids and she starts traveling throughout Mozambique and, and, and she would ask her little kids that just got saved to pray for the sick and her orphans would pray for the sick and they would be healed and delivered and set free. Did you know that last year in Mozambique, one of the the poorest countries in all of Africa. She opened up one of the largest Bible schools, colleges in all of Africa. I'm talking about a woman who who had known one thing her entire life, who had gotten so frustrated where she was, but she said, I'm going to go somewhere where I know that God is moving and receive what God has for me. And this bishop is sitting there telling us this, and he looked at us and said, I missed my opportunity for an impact partation to go myself because I was so critical about what I had heard from other things. Can I tell you, in every move of God, the enemy tries to stir up weird things. He does. He tries to do unnormal things and try to bring fleshly people to to, uh, make other people doubt it and question it. But can I tell you, it's all about the state of your heart. It's all about the state of your mind. And if you go into this altar call tonight and say, God, I genuinely want your presence. I want the new thing for my life. I want the new thing for my heart, for my mind. God will rock your world. He will fill you with glory. He will call you to a new you may not understand it you may not know how it's gonna come but if you open up your heart if you open up your mind you cannot miss the blessing that God has for you somebody give him glory I'll never forget I heard heard a young man say that he was going to a very uh, charismatic church and that church believed that they could teach you how to speak in tongues 
And so he went up one day and was praying to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he said the pastor tried to teach him to talk in tongues, and he knew that that was wrong. He knew that it was just something weird about it. But he said as, as the pastor's trying to teach him to talk in tongues, he gets mad. And he just starts ignoring him, praying uh, the pastor that's praying for him. And he goes to praying God himself. And he said in, in the midst of that pastor trying to do something weird, he really got filled with the Holy Ghost. And he began to speak with others. Can I tell you when you seek God, when you get desperate for him, when you look for something new, no, listen, no man can mess it up for you. No person can mess it up for you. But the glory of God will come. And no man can stop what God can do in your life. Talking about a new wineskin, though, in Luke, in Luke chapter 5, there's two stories that we read about. The first one's super cool, right? We've all heard uh, uh, this story. The Word of God says that Jesus is in a house, and there's so many people inside the house. They're, they're out the door. They're out the uh, windows, and, and, and all these people. And the Bible says that Jesus is laying hands on the sick. They're being healed. They're being delivered. They're being set free. But the Bible says this, that there's a group of friends, and these friends have a sick friend with um, palsy, and they can't get through the crowd. They can't get through the door to get to Jesus because there's faith in them. If, if they can bring this man to Jesus, then this man can receive new wine. This man can receive the power of God. So they walk up to the roof of the house and the word of God says they begin to take the tile. They begin to take the roofing off the top of that house and they make a hole and they lower this man through the roof to where Jesus is. And the word of God says that Jesus sees their faith, lays hands on this man, and this man is healed of palsy. Somebody rejoice right there. That's awesome. But I want to read to you what it says beforehand because what because this activates what happens in their life in the Gospel of Luke chapter 5, the same, the same chapter that our text is in. It says this in verse 17. It says, And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And listen to this part, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Luke said he understood before it even happened what the Holy Spirit was doing in that house. And in that city, can I tell you, I wonder if you really understand what God is doing right here on night four of Revive. Because the Bible said before they even took the tiles off the roof, Luke, Luke understood. He saw it in the atmosphere. He saw, he felt it. He understood that God was there to do a specific thing, to do a new thing. And I don't know if you're young. I don't know if you're old. But I want you to feel what God is trying to do in the depth of your spirit. It may be healing. It may be deliverance. It may be freedom. But how about you go ahead and say, God, whatever you're trying to do on the inside of me, do it tonight and don't let me miss my moment. But I want to go deeper right here because the Bible says this. It get, the word of God says the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Someone say them. In that same verse, it talks about who the them were. Who the them were. The Bible says this. They were the Pharisees and the doctors of law. Then the Bible says he was present 
with the power to heal them. Somebody say them. Did you know that these people did not receive the freshness of God's power, miracle working power, his, his, his glory in their life in this moment? They, they were so religious, they were so okay with the old that God was present to heal in power, in glory, in authority, but because they thought they knew it all, because they were so closed off, because they were so set in their old way, they could not receive the glory of God that Luke says was there for them. Somebody say them. That is what a religious spirit will do for you. It will, it will give you the inability to sense what God is doing in the spirit. Anybody hear me right now? I said a religious spirit will give you the inability to sense what God is doing right here. You want to know what my prayer is right now? I pray that, listen, I don't pray for an emotional move of God tonight. I don't pray for you just to get a, I pray for a deep breaking forth in your spirit. Because, listen, a chill bump, a wind will go, listen, it'll, it'll go away after you. But if something breaks in the depths of your spirit tonight that will bind religiousness, that will take the scales away, you'll go home and still be in revival. You'll go back in school and still be in revival. Bible, you'll go back to the hell hole of your job because it's all by God and his spirit but you have to be able to sense what God is doing in that moment and the Bible says that these people were so they were so set in the old way someone say the old way that they could not sense so there's two cases where this happens but the last scriptures that we read in the gospel of Luke chapter 5 Jesus stands up and he says, you can't put new wine in an old bottle. You can't, you can't sew an old patch to a new garment. He said, these things do not go. What? Listen, when you begin to read about wine in the Bible, water in the Bible, oil in the Bible, those are all symbolic to the Holy Spirit. You want to know what Jesus is trying to tell these people that he's healing, these Pharisees people that he's trying to speak life into and get them breakthrough? He's trying to say, you have operated in one way your entire life, but I'm here to announce the new way of grace, the the new way of the Holy Spirit, the new way of the power of God. For years, they walked in just okay. For years, they walked in just mediocre. But on that day, he says, this is a new age. This is a new moment. And there is fresh power for you. Somebody give God glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus came to break their religious mindsets. Amen. Somebody say amen. He came to break those things. He came to make them understand that, that, that there is a new age, there is a new dispensation. The power of God is for you. The glory of God is for you. Amen. In Luke chapter 5, verse 37, he, uh, uh, he says this, And no man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine will burst the bottles and be spilled, and the bottle shall perish. The new that God is trying to do, I've already said it, it cannot be contained by the old. If you try to mix your old way with God's new way, everything gets destroyed. The old breaks and the new wine is completely lost. You want to know what that means? It's all or nothing. Somebody look at your neighbor and say it's all or nothing. Someone give your neighbor a high five and say it's all or nothing. 
Now it's funny because my mom had a saying. She said, don't cry over spilled milk. Anybody heard that before? Does anybody know like, like the wisdom behind that? Because if you have a glass of milk, it's meant to be drunk, right? And it brings health to your body. It brings calcium to your body. But if it's spilled on the ground, you can't pick up the milk and put it back in the cup or the bottle. That it's in. Once it's spilled, it is useless. Come on, somebody. You don't get down on the floor with a straw and suck the milk off the floor. And if you do, you're weird. You're a weirdo. Once it's spilled, it is useless. And Jesus said, I've come by with new wine so many times before. And you haven't allowed yourself to be transformed into something that can hold the new. And he says, when I try to pour it out, you're not prepared yet. And you burst and you lose the move of God. Can I tell you a prophetic word from God today? God has already tried to come and pour new wine into some people in this house. And you're frustrated because because you refuse to change, you're frustrated because you refuse to step in to the new dimension of God's glory. And guess what? When he pours it in you, it bursts. But God is a strategic God, and sometimes he knows we're not ready, Matt. And sometimes he pours the new in us anyway, just so we will be broke, and so we will be broken. And it's in our broken state where we don't know what to do that God can make us into a new vessel, a new wide skin that can hold his glory. Somebody say the old and the new. Somebody say the old and the new. You can't have both. You have to have one or the other. It's either all, someone say all, or it's nothing. Someone say nothing. Someone say all, someone say nothing. You can't combine the two. Jesus said you've got to either choose a revival or have no revival. You can't have partial revival. You can't choose to believe God for the supernatural and just believe him to heal but not believe him to fill you with the Holy Ghost. It doesn't work that way. If you're all in, you're all in. But if you're all out, you're all I wonder if there's anybody here on Thursday night that says, God, I'm all in. I want it all. I don't want nothing. There's only two options tonight. It's either we go deeper and receive all that God has for us or we have nothing. Oh, it's a hard word. That's okay. You know, Jesus was emphasizing the new. Do you know the word old is used five times? Someone say five times. Someone give your neighbor a high five and say five times. But the word new in these texts is used eight times. Someone say eight times. So what does that mean? It means that Jesus is trying to point out the new behind this. New is the focal point of Luke chapter 5. Is anybody with me here tonight? Hallelujah. Every time the word new or old, listen closely right here, focus in. I'm not going to be much longer. Every time the word new or old is used in this text, it is, in the, it is referring to the context of time. Someone say time. So it's how long. Something has been around. So Jesus says he's talking about new wine and old wine. So if it's old wine, it's been around for a really, really long time. Someone say amen. If it's new wine, it means it's just been crushed. It's just been made. So, so, that's, so that's the time. Someone say time. The time context that I'm talking about. But there's one place in our text where the word new, someone say new, switches its context. It's no longer talking that about just the time, 
It's been around, but it switches to the context of class. Someone say class. Now, this is what it means by a class, right? You, you, you can move up in class or you can move down in class, right? So there's a rank. So if, if we're on the same class, we're right here. But if I'm on a higher class than you, that means I'm a little bit. It, it doesn't devalue where you're at. It just means that I'm up a couple more levels than you. Or it can be the other way around. If we're right here and I'm lower in class, I'm down here. But it's talking about levels. And there's one time. It's not when Jesus uses the word old. It's not when Jesus talks about old, old, old garments or the old one. No, when he's speaking about the new thing that God wants to do, he switches this to make you realize that what God is going to do today is superior than anything ever in the past that he's done on the face of this earth. I've, I've heard people say, oh, hear my heart tonight. I've heard people say, well, I'm just praying for Azusa Street 2.0. I'm not praying for Azusa Street 2.0. God's done with Azusa Street. He's done it already. I'm looking for something greater than God ever did in that day we talked about. I'm looking for something I've never seen before that'll sweep over the globe of this earth. I'm thankful when Pastor Setzer, and it doesn't devalue. Sister Setzer doesn't devalue what happened. We thank God for what happened. It doesn't devalue when we talk about how God moved in this valley, amen, in southern Ohio and central Ohio. No, I just want you to know that God has done that already, and he wants to do something fresh with your young people, with the ones, if you have breath in your body, there is something new. There is something in a greater class you've never experienced before. Oh, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. I said, it's hard sometimes. It's hard to have the new. It's hard to change sometimes. It's hard to adjust to what the Spirit is doing in our age. But we can do it, amen. And it's through a new wineskin. Someone say a new wineskin. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 20 talks about this. It says this about Jesus. Having, therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest of the blood of Jesus by a new, someone say new, the same thing, it's superior, it's in a different class, a new and living way which he has consecrated us for through the veil that is to say his flesh. Did you know that there's a process of making a wineskin? Hello. I said there's a process, Jacoby, in making a wineskin. There's several steps. The first step is something has to die. In the Bible... When they would make a new wineskin, they would kill a lamb. They would kill a goat. But that's, that's just the beginning of the process. That has to die, and guess what? Then we got a bunch of hunters in here. I know. I've been, like, hunting three times. I've never killed anything. Sorry. I grew up with five sisters. I mean, what can I say? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But after you kill it, Pastor said, you got to take me sometime. Hallelujah. After you kill it, what do you got to do? You got to gut it out. Is it fun to gut things? I guess some people think it's fun. It's a dirty job, isn't it? Brother Kyle, it's a dirty job, isn't it? It's hard, it's hard to die, Kobe, and it's hard to, to clean it out. It's a process. Somebody say it's a process. But after, but after in the process of a wineskin, after you kill that new wineskin, then clean out the skin, guess what? You have to stretch it out. 
you have to hang it up and stretch it out outside. Has to, it has to be in the sun so the bacteria and the things can die. So then it can be moldable. And guess what? After it's stretched out, it's going to be stitched back together. Stitching something isn't fun. It once was one thing, but now it's something new. And now you have to shape it into that shape where it can hold the new wine in which it needs. So not only does it have to die, not only does it have to be gutted out, not only does it have to be stretched out, but now it's going to be stitched back together. Guess what? The process is not over. Because once it's stitched back together, it's got to be tested. You don't just immediately put new wine into it, Tiffany. You have to take some water and fill that new wineskin with water and see if there's any leaks in that wineskin. And guess what? If it leaks, you got to throw it away and start the whole process back over. Amen. Can I tell you, it's hard to have and contain something new. But can I tell you, if you can survive the process, listen, God, God, God really tries to see if we want revival. God really tries to see if we want a new thing. Because the first thing he does in you spiritually, he kills you. Then he consecrates you. Then he stretches you to your limits. Then he stitches you back up into something new but then there's seasons of tests and trials there's seasons of, of mountaintops and valleys but can I tell you I feel in the spirit that somebody has been through the process and this church has been through the process this youth group has been through the process I don't know what part you're in but can I, somebody's almost to the point where you don't give up yet don't quit asking yet don't give up on your promise yet don't give up on this city yet. Don't give up on this church yet. Don't give up on this youth ministry. Don't give up because God's about to use you, the vessel he's created. Hallelujah. Can I have another minute just for a moment? Because this is where, this is, this, is, this is exactly what the Lord has brought us to this point here tonight. And I want you to listen closely to us. Amen. I want you to sit down for a second. If you, are in ha- if you are a leader in Haven, I want you to stand up. A leader in Haven. That's including the pastor. Pastor Matt, Sister Jessica, stand up. I got, a, I got a prophetic word for you tonight. For this youth ministry. For Haven. The vessel of Haven has to become a new wineskin. It's got to die and become something even greater that God has planned for it. And this is what I felt in my spirit to speak to every leader in Haven tonight. I want you to listen to me, and I wrote it down. God wants you to know it's not religious to walk in consecration. It's not religious. Actually, the new vessel that God's transforming you into, you want to know how you sustain what's sustainable, the, 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 the supernatural that Haven has been experiencing? You want to know how you sustain that? You walk in a greater consecration and a greater pursuit and a greater and a greater openness to the things of God than you ever have before. Can I tell you, that's the new vessel. That's the new thing that God wants to do in each and every one of you to pour the fresh of the Holy Ghost in you. I want you to sit down for a second. I got a word for ALT. If you're in leadership at ALT, I want you to stand up. 
apart, apart, apart from heaven. Amen. We got a few here. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to give you a prophetic word tonight. The vessel of ALT has to become a new wineskin. It's got to die from what it's always been. And it's got to become something greater that God can use and elevate to a superior class where the glory of God can move in a greater way. But I got a word for you too. And you may kick me out and never let me preach again. That's okay. But this is the word I felt for each and every one of you. You can be relevant as a church and still walk in the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I said you can be relevant as a church and walk in the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. You can sit down for a second now. This is what I want you to see. Each, Whether it be Haven, whether it be ALT, you both need each other for this revival, for this new one. Can I tell you, it's not going to be two separate vessels. I said it's not going to be two separate vessels. God wants to bring this church together as a new wineskin in a, in, a, in a season of unity and power like you've never walked in before. You may as well just let me park right here and preach for a moment. It's not just Haven Youth Church and Abundant. No, it's God's church. It's God's body. It's God's organism. And once this church says we're not two separate entities, but we can go old and young, we can go in one mind and in one accord, is with the new freshness of the Holy Spirit can be poured out. Hallelujah. Thanks for checking out the Haven Youth Church Podcast. If this message encouraged you, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and even consider sharing this podcast. Reach out to us on social media at Haven Youth Church. Break the flow, be the change.